can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. Alright Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. The Celtics lose to the New York Knicks 108-105 in another rock bottom type game. Uh, Gonna follow today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, and talk a little bit about where the Celtics stand in the Eastern Conference. Uh, But to get things started off here... I want to give player of the game to Jason Tatum. And this was uh this was a tough one. If it wasn't for the game tying mid-range that Jason Tatum have had, I would have went Time Lord. I would have went Robert Williams tonight. Uh but I gotta give it to Jason Tatum. Guy stepped up when we really needed it late in the game. Uh end of the night, 36 points, six rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, so really did everything for the Celtics tonight. Shot the ball well. I know I gave him a lot of crap after last game and was praying that we weren't going to have to sit through a month of poor performances like we did last year coming back from COVID. But he stepped up. He really ran the game for the Celtics today. And they played solid basketball for you know at least the first half. Uh, And Jason Tatum was a big part of that. Jason Tatum really kept them in this game. After the first half, nobody really had anything going. Uh, It's kind of an ugly game after that. But you look at the first half, the Celtics played well. You know, outscored them 25 to 18 in the first. Outscored them 38 to 29 in the second. We had a 25-point lead at one point. And it all just disappeared. And it sucks. Like this is the Celtics fall to a point where they're not even in the playoff picture at this point, uh, which is embarrassing to say with all the talent that we do have on the team. Uh, But Jason Tatum, getting back to some of the positives, like Jason Tatum really played well. Uh, Moving the ball. I mean, Stan Van Gundy, he was basically all over Jason Jason Tatum and Robert Williams tonight. Uh, but Jason Tatum made all the right plays. He really did. I've, I've given him a lot of crap with the ball sticking to him and not moving, falling into a lot of ISO. Jason Tatum made the right play 98% of the game today. Were there a couple ISO plays? Sure. Uh, that's going to happen. It's never going to be 100%, you know, moving the ball slick. Like, that's never going to be his game. But he really played well. He found the open guys. He trusted teammates to hit shots. And honestly, they, for the most part, did. You know, Marcus Smart had a couple of massive shots uh, that put the team in a good spot. But we could not close out. The other guy that I was debating on was Time Lord. And this was a this was an all-time performance defensively from him. You look at the stats. Nothing special, right? Six points, nine rebounds, which for him, you know, it's a it's an average game. But you look, one assist, two steals, seven blocks. Seven blocks for Robert Williams. Like really just solid, solid basketball from him. And a couple of the steals were late in the game. 
Like really solid, solid performance from uh, Time Lord here today. One of the plays like late in the game stole the ball from Fournier that led to the JB transition bucket uh, in the middle of that New York Knicks run. So like he made timely plays. And a lot of these blocks came late too. Like he was making every defensive play that you could have asked for. Uh, so it's, I mean, you look, it's solid game from both of them. It really is. You know, the other, I talked about Marcus Smart a little bit, but I think this is a solid game from him too. 14 points, two rebounds, five assists. The shooting numbers are all right. The four of 12 from the field, four of 10 from three. So 40% from three. The alarming stat there is the fact that he only took two shots uh, that weren't threes. Four of ten is a lot from three, especially for Marcus Smart. Uh, outside of three-point shots, he only took two shots. So did not get to the rim at all tonight like he did last game. Uh, which is alarming, but he hit those shots. You know, if, if you ever go into a game and hear that you're going to get 40% from three from Marcus Smart... You're taking that in a heartbeat. Like in an absolute heartbeat, you're taking that. So listen, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, the the team fell apart offensively tonight. Dennis Schroeder was the other guy. I think he played really well. Uh, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Like overall, this is a solid game from him too. It really is. Like, I've given him more crap than I think anybody on this team this year. Um, some of it warranted, some of it not. Tonight he played well. Uh, but again, you come to a point where, you know, even even Ime Odoka kind of messed with the lineups a little bit tonight, and it came down to, to Jalen Brown just not performing. And I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But I want to talk about how the Celtics got their lead in the first half uh a lot of it came from just a like crazy crazy three-point shooting numbers like at the end of the first half i want to say we were shooting 48 percent from three uh we were 11 of let me see i actually have the numbers here at the end of half we were 11 of 23 which is 48%. So spot on right there with the field, with the three-point percentage. Like this is not a Celtics team that is very good at shooting. However, we were moving the ball, getting open looks. Guys were driving, dishing. Jason Tatum was finding guys. Marcus Smart was finding guys. Like the Celtics were moving the ball better than we have for the majority of the season. And you saw them start to hit some of these shots. Jalen Brown in the first half was fantastic. You know, 15 points. uh, Actually, sorry, that's Jason Tatum. 12 points in the first quarter from Jalen Brown. And he ended the game with 16. 12 points in the first quarter, not first half, first quarter. And he ended with 16. That's four points in the final three quarters. And it's just, it's absolutely horrible to see that, especially after the games that he's put up. 
Um, this is just, it's a bad performance. You look, I mean, the shooting numbers aren't terrible. 6 of 14, you know, it's less than 50%, which, you know, it is what it is. We're used to seeing him around 50, which shouldn't be the case anyway, right? 50% is crazy good shooting percentages. Uh, 2 of 8 from 3, that part's not great. Didn't really get to the line much. Shot fairly well. Just did not take a lot of shots the second half. Or actually the second, you know, third and fourth quarters, I should say. I can't even say the second half. He didn't do anything after the first quarter. And that part's tough. But you look, the second quarter, we outscored 38-29. to 38, one of the best scoring quarters that we've had this season. And a lot of it just came from, you know, a lot of threes. It came from a lot of threes. We started the second quarter six of six from three, which is crazy. It's crazy. Like we had a 25 point lead. Uh, and a lot of it just came from really solid basketball. With that being said, in order to blow a 25 point lead and lose, there needs to be a lot of negatives. But before we dive into all of these negatives and what happened, uh, I want to take a quick break. For a word from our sponsors. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win a 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Time for a new favorite sponsor alert. Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CELTICSTAKE15, that's CELTICSTAKE15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so here we are blowing another big lead, 25 points, uh, losing to the Knicks. Want to talk about some of the negatives here. Uh, and honestly, I want to I wanna get started and talk about our old friend, 
Evan Fournier, the guy that has been averaging 13 points a game this season uh, and has absolutely torched us in every game that we've played him. Uh, Tonight, Evan Fournier, 41 points, 8 rebounds on 15 of 25 from the field, 10 of 14 from 3. Like these, these are godlike numbers. Like nobody, nobody hits these. When's the last time you've seen someone hit 10 three-point shots, either for us or against us? I'm just going to say that the answer is probably Steph Curry or nobody. Because these numbers are ridiculous. 10 of 14 from three. Like Evan Fournier, the defense on him tonight was abysmal and you saw it a couple times i'm going to start off here and talk negative about ennis freedom because two different times tonight we saw ennis freedom out there on the pick and roll and he doesn't he doesn't get up on shooters it happened twice that i can remember hope probably more than that where he was caught up in a pick and roll evan fortier had a wide open three because he is 10 feet below the three-point line. And I know I've had this conversation. I argued with a couple people a couple weeks back in regards to plus minus. But tonight, you look at the plus minus, Ennis Freedom had the best plus minus by a fairly large margin, plus 12. But what he did on the court was horrible defensively when he was out there he got lucky in the sense that he was out there when the Celtics went six of six from three and went on a crazy run offensively but what he brings to you defensively is someone that is not going to get up on shooters and leave wide open shots and tonight it happened twice that I'm that I'm remembering with Evan Fournier and defensively he is an absolute liability and I hate to say it because I genuinely like freedom I talked about it a lot the last couple of years uh, more so uh, last year he had a phenomenal year in Portland the year before that though win Boston I thought he played really well I thought he played really well and in spurts he can give you good minutes depending on the matchup today's matchup was not that defensively they sought him out they took advantage of him and this is the reason that we keep arguing we keep saying that he shouldn't be out there but the Celtics were thin at the big man position Al Horford did not play well tonight uh it's another poor performance from him you know someone someone tweeted this and I I should have should have looked at who it was, but he mentioned every time Al Horford shoots a three, we should just count it as a turnover. And again, don't like talking negative about Al because I think for the for the large majority of the season, he's played really well. I think he's outperformed expectations, but good God, is his shooting bad this year? He has been. He has not been shooting well from beyond the arc. Uh, and it's at the point where you really can't trust him to keep taking these shots. 
Like at some point you need to just be like, okay, he might be a sub 30% three point shooter. Like on the season, he's shooting 28% from three, 28%. Like bad, bad numbers. We brought in Al fully expecting to get a, a big man that could stretch the floor, play defense. The defense has held up. I think he's played well defensively. But the three-point shooting, he is not stretching any floor. He is just shooting horribly from three. We give Marcus Smart a lot of shit for taking threes and not hitting them. But he's shooting way better than Al Horford is. Maybe not way better, uh, but significantly better. Okay, 29% from three. So it's really not much better. It's still pretty shitty. Uh, But listen, this is like, this is a serious issue. And I talked about this in the last podcast. I've talked about it during the season. If you're going to have Al Horford out there, you can't be running double bigs and then also putting out Schroeder and Marcus Smart. You cannot have four guys on the floor that cannot shoot. If you're running double bigs, you need shooters around them. And if you're not, you can't run double big. I've been an advocate for not going double big anyway. Bring Al off the bench with Dennis Schroeder. They play well together. Marcus Smart and Time Lord play well together. Start those two, run Al Horford, and run Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Throw in another shooter. Put Richardson out there. When Neesmith gets back, throw him some minutes. Romeo, throw him some minutes. Grant, throw him some minutes. Like guys that can give you a little bit better than 28% from three. Like it's it's at a point where you, the Celtics are 18 and 21 in this season. And a lot of it stems from the fact that they do not have shooters. And to make matters worse, we're putting out players that shoot worse than some of the guys that have been sitting on the bench for so long like this is obviously a game where Peyton Pritchard isn't here he's sick he's in the health and safety protocols with COVID Uh, so this isn't a game where he can come in and give you minutes but you've got guys that can hit shots or just create something offensively Al Horford does a lot for you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and argue that he's a great passing big. Tonight didn't get any of it. Last game got a little bit of it, but not a lot. Like for the the shortcomings that he's bringing you at certain areas, you need to make up for it. And a lot of it comes down to lineups. Like if you're going to run double big, you need to surround those bigs with shooting. And if you're going to run Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder, you need to surround them with shooting. Because again, neither of those guys can shoot either. Like I've talked about this in several podcasts. I don't like the double I don't like the double big lineup. And the only lineup that I like less than that is Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder together. I do not think that that should be a closing lineup. And I don't think it's a mystery that we're as bad as we are in the fourth quarter. I don't think it's a mystery that this Celtics team is one of the worst fourth quarter offenses in the NBA. 
because our closing lineup always consists of Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart. You need to put shooting out on the floor. And right now the Celtics aren't doing that. And it's extremely frustrating. Frustrating is like the mantra of the season so far. And that sucks because this team is damn talented. Like you look, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams has played really well. Marcus Smart, fantastic defensive player. Al Horford was supposed to be the guy that can come in, stretch the floor, play defense. Haven't really gotten all of that. Dennis Schroeder, phenomenal talent as far as like an offensive player goes. Josh Richardson, we get a vet that realistically was supposed to be able to play defense. Has played solid defensively, but is also way better than expected shooting-wise. Like we've got talent on this team, but it is for whatever reason not meshing. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that these lineups do not work together. They need to figure this out. And I don't like giving Ime Odoka shit. I really don't. I think nine times out of 10, basketball games are lost by players. It's the players that are turning the ball over. It's the players that are missing shots. But when you've got lineups without shooters, what's going to happen? You're going to miss shots. And that's the way it is. And that's what keeps happening over and over for the Celtics team. Right now, as a team, we are sitting at 18-21, and 21, which is just absolutely horrible. Like, we're not in the playoff picture right now. We're 11th in the Eastern Conference. Mind you, if you go back two years, only the top eight teams made playoffs. They added two teams to make a wild card, which is like, it's just giving teams an extra opportunity to make the playoffs. We're not even in the wild card game at this point because of how poorly we're playing. And that part is horrible. It, so I want to talk real quick about Jalen Brown tonight too because I can't run this whole podcast, talk about some of the highs, some of the lows, and not include Jalen Brown in this talk. Jalen Brown was terrible tonight. Like I said earlier, he got off to a fantastic start where he got 12 points in the first quarter. I talked about it last podcast, but he's always the guy that comes out firing. He gets off to a great start. And then the offense changes to where Jason Tatum runs the offense or Dennis Schroeder comes in. Uh, But Jalen Brown just never got his head back in the game. And I give Ime Odoka a little bit of credit here. He took him out, didn't start him in the fourth quarter, let him sit for a little bit, which was the right call because he was not playing well. But that is an issue when your second best player or potentially best player, whoever you ask is a different story, but one of your top two players, if he's playing that poorly that you're not going to play him, that's an issue. Like that's something that cannot happen. This Celtics team isn't built for that. They need every piece of scoring that they can get. And right now we're not getting it. I've talked about 
hitting a, a hitting rock bottom a lot this season and how every single game seems like a new rock bottom and I hate saying that because I lo- I would like to think I'm a very positive person especially when it comes to the Celtics but this is another game where you can chalk it up as rock bottom you saw Jason Tatum hit that game tying shot game tying mid-range with a second left and you're like, okay, they might actually be able to pull something off after having a 25-point lead. Go figure. Uh, but they couldn't do it. You know, our, granted, R.J. Barrett hit a pretty lucky banked-in three to win the game at the buzzer. But the Celtics shouldn't be put in that spot to begin with. So that's where we're going to wrap things up. This is an ugly one. Uh, if you haven't done so already, guys, follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Make sure to follow my Facebook page, Boston Celtics till I die. Uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast, regardless of how the Celtics are doing. The podcast is doing excellent. Uh, so want to keep it that way. Uh, have a good night Celtics fans. And we will talk soon. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it now. I can't help it now. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.